Right now on Matter of Fact, the Medal of Honor, the highest award given to a military hero in America. You don't surround nobody to no one. Is that your motto? That is my motto, do what you gotta do. What happens when a hero is overlooked? I can see that bias, personal bias. And as a result, the right thing sometimes is not done. How does the nation make it right? Plus, a Marine who lost both legs in combat keeps on running. When you wake up after your injury, you're still alive, and you gotta get back on your feet. Meet the wounded warrior who wouldn't give up until he'd run a month of marathons. And 2.5 million women honored for their service, and a singular surprise. The only woman ever to receive the Medal of Honor, Mary Edwards Walker. Find out what this Civil War veteran did to earn the honor. I'm Soledad O'Brien. Welcome to Matter of Fact. This weekend, we thought we'd step back from the events of the day and share the stories of two men who served the nation during the Vietnam War. As young men, they served in the U.S. Armed Forces and by the accounts of their fellow soldiers, exhibited courage in the face of grave danger. The Medal of Honor is the highest award that can be given to a military hero in this country. It's bestowed by the president on behalf of Congress following an extraordinary act of bravery. It's an honor reserved for those who risk their own lives above and beyond the call of duty in action against an enemy. More than just another accolade, it advances careers, provides a lifetime stipend, and allows the children of honorees a smooth path into the military academies. For those honored, it makes a world of difference. Today, the stories of two heroes, Colonel Harvey Barnum, whose career skyrocketed after he received his medal, and Staff Sergeant Melvin Morris, a hero whose honor was delayed for decades. At Seymour Middle School in Knoxville, Tennessee, they're greeted like heroes come home from the war. 50 years and 10,000 miles from Vietnam, two of America's bravest soldiers are making one of their many stops to speak about the value of education, service, and patriotism. These two war heroes had lived vastly different lives. Both are veterans of the war in Vietnam. Harvey Barney Barnum received the Medal of Honor in 1967 at age 26, and it transformed his life. It would be naive to believe it didn't. You're in the spotlight, 24-7. So after I got decorated, it wasn't Captain Barnum. It was Captain Barnum. That guy's got the medal, Major Barnum, Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel. So you're on a pedestal, and you're in view. Ki Phu, Republic of Vietnam, December 18, 1965. In the midst of the enemy's heavy onslaught, Lieutenant Barnum reorganized his troops and led a counterattack. He directed rescue helicopters to evacuate the dead and wounded. I told her we're gonna go out squat at a time, 13 men at a time. And when I say go, you run as fast as you can towards the village. And, and you don't stop. The only time you stop is if a Marine gets shot and falls down, you stop and you pick him up because you don't leave anybody on the battlefield. Well. Uh, we made it out, and I was the last one out. And uh, the greatest thing I ever heard is the gun, he says, all accounted for. So, um, 
And what went through your mind when you heard that all accounted for? I, How many people did you get out? Well, I saved about 130. And, and um, that's, that's more reward than this. The President of the United States, in the name of the Congress, takes pleasure in presenting the Medal of Honor to First Lieutenant, now Captain Harvey C. Barnum, Jr. For saving the lives of many on that December day in 1965, Barnum received the Medal of Honor in February 1967. In his case, it took just 14 months. When you look back at your career and all the tremendous opportunities you've had, how do you feel about it? I, I feel blessed. I really do. Why do you think some people did not get their medal, who we look back at now and think they clearly deserved yeah. it? I can see that bias, personal bias. And you know, when we're dealing with individuals who make decisions, we're dealing with imperfection. And as a result, the right thing sometimes is not done. Do you think it matters to set history straight? Without our history, what are we? I mean, we are what those who have gone before us have done. So you say, if you don't recognize the heroes who have kept freedom free, then shame on you. Next on Matter of Fact, Sergeant Melvin Morris, a story of recognition denied. The uh, actions that Morris took, there was little doubt in my mind they needed to be recognized. And later, he set a record biking coast to coast. And rode my bicycle 5,200 miles across America. And running a month of marathons, a double amputee describes his journey of endurance. Welcome back to Matter of Fact. More than 3,500 veterans have received the Medal of Honor. Each has a remarkable story of bravery. Each recipient is bestowed with a lifetime of benefits, yet for some, it's been a case of honor delayed. There are some heroes who were denied the medal for decades because of their race, ethnicity, or religion. Consider the story of Staff Sergeant Melvin Morris, who enlisted in the Army at age 17 and served two tours in Vietnam as a Green Beret. What year were you given this? That was in uh, October of 61, mm -hmm. when President uh, Kennedy authorized the Green Beret. We had a ceremony, and we already had these tucked away. Mm. And once, once he authorized, you know, we got rid of the hard hat, put on our Green Berets, and the battle was on. Chilong, South Vietnam, September 17, 1969. Staff Sergeant Morris was leading one of three groups of South Vietnamese fighters into a little-known hamlet near Chi Long. They were supposed to inspect, then clear the area. And so we moved on in, out of the village into the tree line. And time we got into the tree line, uh, the whole world opened up. Hundreds of people firing thousands of rounds. Captain Tommy Daniels and Team Sergeant Ronald Hagen were ambushed by Viet Cong who'd been hiding in bunkers. I got a call telling me that the team sergeant was dead. And I asked Morris, do you know where Hagen is? And he said, yes, I do. I'll lead us in there. Morris took two volunteers and crossed enemy lines to get Sergeant Hagen's body. Pushed back by a barrage of enemy fire, he was shot. 
I had to get to the body. So I said I was going in. What Morris did next is not just a heroic war story. It was a moment of valor defined. Morris single-handedly destroyed the enemy force that had his battalion pinned down. In the fog of gunfire, he'd been shot two more times. He didn't stop. You take every effort you can to recover his body. You don't surrender the body to no one. It's just you're doing what you got to do. That's it. Is that your motto? That is my motto. Do what you got to do. What he did was make sure the body of Sergeant First Class Ronald Hagen got home to his wife and four children in Milwaukee. Morris's wounds were painful. His fingers had to be reattached. The brothers who fought with Morris that day returned to fighting. They feared they might not survive the war, so they hurried to get recognition for Morris's heroism. The uh, actions that Morris took were truly remarkable, and uh, there was little doubt in my mind that they needed to be recognized with a very serious Valor Award. Recommendations for Valor Awards come from commanders in the field. The Medal of Honor requires eyewitness accounts, and approval goes all the way up to the president. So why not the Medal of Honor? Yeah, I wish I could answer that. You know, when I first come in, in 1959, Army's supposed to be integrated, but it was still integrated but segregated. <laughs> I always felt that sometimes they look down on you that you're not as good a soldier as they are. Do you think that kind of stuff played a role in being overlooked for the highest possible honor? Yeah, you got people that still uh, think that way. Did that bias deny Staff Sergeant Morris a medal that could have transformed his life? If I was awarded Mel Honor back in 69, it would have made a big difference. Staff Sergeant Morris served in Vietnam, the first war where troop units were fully integrated. If he had been awarded the Medal of Honor when he was first recognized for valor, it could have changed his life. His two sons, who pursued military careers, would have been admitted to a U.S. military academy. He would have received monthly stipends and extra retirement money that could have helped him fund his daughter's education. And his career would have been fast-tracked because of the prestige of the medal. Morris is one of 92 African-Americans who have received the Medal of Honor. When we come back, setting the record right. When I called Melvin Morris, his first reaction was, oh my God, what have I done? He said, I want to apologize to you for not receiving Medal of Honor 44 years ago. Could this moment make up for the pain of honor delayed? Plus, Mary Edwards Walker served in the Civil War. How her story proves this is what bravery looks like. Thank you for joining us. For matter of fact, the story of Staff Sergeant Melvin Morris raises a question. 
Were there other heroes overlooked because of race or religion or ethnicity? Imagine the emotion of Staff Sergeant Morris, 40-some years removed from his days in Vietnam, when he got a call from President Obama saying he had something that belonged to him, something he wanted him to have. It was time, the president said, to right that wrong and bestow an honor too long delayed. At the Vietnam War Memorial, the silence is almost deafening. Can, can you imagine this many, this many men died in Vietnam? That's, that's mine, Bob. Why is this the first time you're visiting? I was very surprised to hear that. I never wanted to face up to it. See, this, is, this brings it home to you. You know, to, to see that many people that gave it up from the sacrifice. More than 58,000 names of American lives lost and families heartbroken are engraved on this wall. The Medal of Honor went to 246 of these soldiers. Well, more than half died in their act of valor. 44 years after Melvin Morris's courageous act, the White House would finally give him his due, atoning for a pattern of racial bias. By then, Morris was 72. What was it like the day that President Obama said you were gonna get the Medal of Honor? Uh, proudest moment in my life, because I didn't have a clue that this was gonna happen. When I called Melvin Morris, his first reaction was, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> when I told him it was all good, the Medal of Honor, uh, I could hear it through the phone, he almost passed out. He said, I want to apologize to you for not receiving the Medal of Honor 44 years ago. Uh, no nation is perfect, but here in America, we confront our imperfections and face a sometimes painful past including the truth that some of these soldiers fought and died for a country that did not always see them as equal. In 2014, President Obama corrected prejudice that had spanned three wars. He awarded 24 Army veterans the Medal of Honor. Just three had lived to see the day. Melvin Morris's family watched as he finally got what was due him. He had dragged Sergeant Hagen's body to safe territory in September of 1969. It was now March 2014, 44 years after his heroism in Vietnam. Finally, that day came, and it was a great honor. Uh, you know, it, it took a long while for it to sink in, and I don't think it's fully sunk in yet. Please give them a big round of applause. Staff Sergeant Morris tells me he was never bitter since being honored. He's spoken to many audiences, sharing his story and demonstrating that bravery has many faces. He and Colonel Barnum often appear together. Regardless of recognition with medals or other accolades, the bravery of all service members is worthy of recognition. We honor all those who fought and are fighting today with respect and with thanks. Coming up next, 
Marathon Man, a story of service and sacrifice. Why this Marine kept running after losing both legs. You're still alive, and so you gotta move on from that and you gotta get back on your feet. And later, remembering the women who've served our nation. Welcome back to Matter of Fact. Now a story of one Marine's cross-continental mission, raising awareness for wounded warriors. Rob Jones lost both legs in 2010 in an IED explosion in Afghanistan. But that didn't stop him from running. Diane Roberts shares his story. Hope should not have come easily to Rob Jones, but the Marine Corps veteran found courage following surgery to amputate both of his legs above the knee his hope. Survive, recover, live. Survive, recover, live is something I came up with maybe in the first week of uh, after my injury. Jones persevered through over a year of therapy and recovery following his surgeries, testing several prosthetic legs, and in the process became the first double above the knee amputee to bike from Maine to California, raising $126,000 for three nonprofits that help wounded veterans and him. When you wake up after your injury or after whatever your tragedy, you're still, you're still alive. And so you gotta move on from that and you gotta get back on your feet. His prosthetic legs are a mix of carbon and titanium, designed specifically for running, but his stamina is his own. Starting in London, crisscrossing America, 31 marathons in 31 cities in 31 days for those same veterans' charities, is energy on full throttle. I get it from the uh, other veterans that, are, that have come before me and are gonna come after me, and uh, I'm doing it for them, so that's all the energy I need. Veterans like Louisville businessman Neil Quinlan. See Rob and what he's doing and bringing the spotlight onto some of these uh, wounded warriors, and um, when you see that, you just gotta support. Rob's support team includes his wife, a dietitian, his mom, a massage therapist, and a friend who drives the RV, so Rob can rest and retool between races. A testament to endurance, his sights set on completing his mission. In Washington, for a matter of fact, I'm Diane Roberts. When we return, since the American Revolution, more than 2.5 million women have served in our armed forces where you'll find their stories and their place among America's brave. Welcome back to Matter of Fact. The Women in Military Service for America Memorial is the only major national memorial honoring all women who have defended America. Starting with the American Revolution, more than 2.5 million women have served or are serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. The memorial features an upper terrace with views of Arlington National Cemetery and the familiar surrounding monuments. An arc of glass panels is etched with quotations honoring women who have served throughout history. A display honors the only woman ever to receive the Medal of Honor. Mary Edwards Walker was awarded hers for valor during the Civil War, risking her life to serve troops as a surgeon. So as we leave you today, we say thank you to all the men and women who have served our nation.
That's it for this edition of Matter of Fact. I'm Soledad O'Brien, and I'll see you back here next week.